All right, here we go. Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com. It's the weekend. It's Friday evening. And I read a great article uh, today by T.L. I don't know what his last name. T.L. Davis. T.L. Davis.substack.com. T.L. Davis.substack.com. And the title of the article is, If Not War, Then What? And he's lamenting the state of the union, he's lamenting the state of the United States of America, and I, and I'm with him. I mean, if if you read the article, I, I sympathize with everything he's saying, and he's trying to figure out what to do, as a lot of us are. Uh, we're in a situation where our government lies to us, lies and lies and lies and lies. I, I will never get over this whole COVID thing. And I was in there. I sat in the I sat in the doggone meetings, and I, I will say that people told me the truth in the meetings. In those meetings. And the truth was, we don't know. I asked him. I asked him flat out. I said, you know, uh, you know, most vaccines are given to kids like it, you know, one, two, you know, six months, whatever. How come? How come? You know, we're not doing that with this. Well, we don't know. We don't have enough studies. We we don't know. So, okay. I said, why is it safe for an eighteen-year-old to get, but not a sixteen-year-old? Well, we don't know. We, we don't know. We haven't done enough testing. I said, all right. Why do you recommend that uh, we not give the vax to pregnant women? Um, should women that are fertile and potentially going to get pregnant soon avoid the vax? And he says, well, we don't know. We don't have enough studies. So at that point, this was, you know, this was, I don't know, two and a half years ago, whatever that was. It was a while back. I said, okay, fine, fair enough. You don't know, you don't know. I said, I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to wait and see. And uh, I said, I'll, I'll give it 18 months. I waited 18 months, and I said, I haven't seen anything, anything whatsoever that indicates that this is, it, this vax is a good idea for me, for it's burger to get. And so I've been waiting ever since, and the more things go along, the more I'm convinced that it's not a good idea for me to get. Or my children. And I'm also absolutely convinced that you had doctors and bureaucrats and government officials lying, lying, lying. And they knew they were lying. That's the, that's the thing that gets me. They knew they were lying. They know they were lying. And they just make stuff up and lie and lie and lie. Now, that's just you know one little aspect of what's wrong with this country. But when the government lies to its people and 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 then punishes them for refuting the lie. Man, we're in a we're in a whole in a whole new area. Uh, and when people are fired from their jobs for not getting a vax that they had a right to say no to, oh man, that's not good. I'm not even talking military. I'm talking nurses and firemen and and uh, pretty much anybody out there, any any contractor that works for the government. It's private industry. Fire, terminated. So we've gone from, we, you know, we used to have a free country. I've told my kids this, and I've told this to you guys. When I, grew, I grew up in a free country. You know, I was a teenager in the 1970s. You could do whatever you wanted to do, pretty much. We brought our guns to school because I mean, you had to go hunting afterwards. That was, it, was not a, it was not a big deal. Any, any pickup truck out in the back had something in the back rack. That back when you didn't have to worry about your truck getting stolen. You didn't have to worry about your truck getting broken into. From fourth grade on, fifth grade on, sixth grade on, there wasn't a 
boy worth the name of a boy that didn't have a folding knife on him, pen knife, some kind of knife on him. Everybody had knives. 16 years old, people were smoking, smoking whatever they're smoking, and we had uh, Copenhagen in, in the back pocket. I, I got a little ring, a little circle on the back of my Levi's from my Copenhagen. If you want to cut class, you cut class. It wasn't like you're locked in in a prison with monitors and armed guards and locking doors. It was still free country, man. We still lived in a free country in America in the 1970s, and it's not that way in there. We've become what we fought against in the Cold War. We've become the totalitarian country that we claim to be fighting against. We've we become as bad or worse than the Soviet Union. And, you know, I can blame who I can blame, and there's a lot of people to blame. I can blame the devil. I can blame the devil's children. I can blame the synagogue of Satan. I can blame the brood of vipers. I can blame the seed of the serpent. That's really not who I want to blame. Who I want to blame is the, the church and the, and, and, and the preachers and the pastors. And I'm look, I ain't any better than the rest of them, okay? I'm just as guilty, too. But at some point along the way, I found my voice. At some point along the way, I found my voice, and here I am. And we either didn't know what to say, or we didn't know how to say it, which is one thing, or we're afraid to say the truth, which is something else entirely. And I'm hoping I'm waking up people so they know what to say. I hope, I'm hoping people understand that what I talk about and, and even the stuff that makes people upset. I'm, I'm speaking from the Holy Scriptures. I'm talking about what the Holy Scriptures say. John 8, 44, 1 Thessalonians 2, 15, Revelation 2, 9, Revelation 3, 9, 1 John 2, 22, 2 John 7 through 11, but especially 7 and 11. Uh, Matthew 23, 33, Matthew 23, 15, uh, Acts chapter 7, and the church needs to wake up and start speaking as Jesus Christ speaks. And what I've noticed, it, it, it seems to me that the problem is, is we're, we're not willing to say things that offend evil people. We're not willing to say things that offend others. And, and we've, we've acquired these traditions. We've acquired the traditions of men saying, well, we can't offend anybody. And, you know, they'll trot out a scripture that says you can't offend somebody. And well, we can't, you know, we can't be against the government because of Romans 13. You know, we have to submit to our leaders. And I've said this, and I'll, I'll say it again: that these are excuses. These are excuses for cowardice. Uh, tell me a prophet in the Bible that didn't stand up to the government. I, I can't think of one. And, and we can might as well start with. Well, I don't know. You want to start with Noah? He was a preacher of righteousness for, for 100 years. We don't know the details of that 100 years, but I'm sure he had some permit violations along the way somewhere. You can't build a boat out here. You're not zoned for that, Noah. Where's your license? OSHA shows up. Uh, no, this isn't going to... And so, it, it, let alone Moses. I mean, Moses, <laughs> he, he murders... An Egyptian slave master murders him, race murder. 
and and on down the line. I mean, Jeremiah, David has had his outlaw moments. He certainly had his outlaw moments with Saul. Oh, we need to submit to the government. Oh, listen, it's uh, it's become an excuse, uh, an excuse for cowardice. For preachers and pastors and, and just Christians, if and here's just a little note: if you're going to wait for your pastor or preacher to do the right thing, don't. Just go out and you do the right thing, because there's going to be a change of leadership. There's going to be a change of leadership, and and those that won't lead are going to have to step down and get out of the way. Just be gone. Boom. Bye. See ya. And we're going to have to get new leaders, and new and and new leaders are going to be called for because as the time change, the old leaders aren't going to work. What's the saying? You can't put new wine in old wineskins. Some of these men, all they can do is whatever they've done for the last 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years, and that's it. They, they will not change. I'm not getting on their case. I'm just, this is just a reflection of reality. And as things change in the United States of America and around the world, I'll focus on the United States. As things change, you're going to have to have a different kind of pastor and preacher up there in a the pulpit because... What's going on right now is not going to work. And, and they're going to realize, some of them are going to realize it personally. Uh, congregations are going to realize it and said, you're out of here, dude. You, you, you can't, you, you have not been the prophet to us. You have not been a protector to us. You've not been a guide to us. All this stuff that's going on, we had, we had you, where were you when we were supposed to be uh, warned and prepared and told what was going on? And here you told us to submit and obey, and now we're slaves. So there will be a change, a big change in church leadership, I think. I, that's my opinion. Uh, as times radically change, I think the United States is going to change. As much as it's changed in the last two years, I think we're going to see even more in the next two, four, six years. Not in a good way. Not in a good way at all. I know y'all are waiting for that white knight to ride in on his steed and rescue America. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen, in my opinion. Who's supposed to be the salt and light for a nation? It's the church. It's supposed to be the church. But when it's not, it's trampled under the feet of men, and that is the condition of the church today. It's being trampled under the feet of men. When... Christians, when Christians, I'm not even going to say pastors, when Christians won't say the necessary, there's a big fat problem. And when they're more afraid of offending the Antichrist than Jesus Christ, there's a big, big, big problem. Back to the article by T.L. Davis. He says, this is what I think we should do. We should have autonomous counties. And the counties basically act as nullifiers to any federal or state law that uh, exceeds legitimacy, exceeds the limits on constitutional power. For example, I don't know, First Amendment activities, Second Amendment activities, Tenth Amendment, uh, Fourth Amendment. It, it, uh, there's so much overreach, it's, it's you know, you, you, the list of where they don't overreach is, is shorter than where they do overreach. And that's fine. That might be a good idea. That's not. Uh, that's not my. Uh, that's not my idea. And I, I don't. Here's where I'm coming from. Pastors gonna have to open up their mouths and speak. Pastors gonna have to say the hard truths. They're gonna have to say the things they don't want to have to say. 
And to me, the condition of this country is obvious. Um, I don't know that it is to all the Christians. I don't know that it is to all the pastors. Uh, I think we're going to get a wake-up call. I think we're going into a war with the Soviet Union. A big war. A big, big, big war. And if if I'm reading my tea leaves right, it's going to end up being a, another world war. And China's going to be involved, and the, the Norks, North Koreans are going to be involved, and the Russians. And Obviously, there's a war in Europe already, so it's not like it hasn't started. It has already started. And at some point, there's going to be a Matt Litch, Matt Match Lit in the United States, and the gloves are going to come off as things fall apart, as things literally are falling apart, and people will be forced into action because they, they don't have a choice. People will be forced into action because there is no other choice. Things will get so bad, people will have to start taking action. How and in what ways? In ways that prevent the system from going forward as it is, as it is currently constituted. Uh, let, let me give you an example. Let's say money is worthless. How many people are going to show up to work? Like none. Let's say money is worthless and um, there's no food in the store. You think society's going to hold together? It's not. Money's worthless. People are starving. Who do you think the police are going to protect? Not you and I. <laughs> they're going to protect themselves, their families, and each other. After that, they're going to protect whoever pays them. And somehow, you and I are just don't even rise to those top four or five things. We're not going to be there. Now, anytime you have a situation like that, the, the, when there's a power vacuum, something is going to fill that vacuum. If you go down and you look in Mexico, I lived in Mexico for a little over a year. And it's not that there's no government. It's just not, you know, the, the normally constituted government of Mexico that's in charge. It's the cartels in many, many areas of Mexico. And government officials can't go into those areas unless they have permission from the cartels. So it's not like there's no government. It's just not the government you and I know of. Now, if this has happened, now, this is happening in Mexico. It's been going on in Mexico for a long, long time. I used to live in Salvador, El Salvador. It was the same down there. You had uh, MS-13. And even though the jails are packed with MS-13, they still ran the barrios. They still ran entire sections of the country. And if you ran for office uh, without their permission, you very, may very well have ended up dead. So there's not a, a vacuum of power. It's just that somebody else will fill that power vacuum. So, well, I can't happen in the United States. Oh, it already has. You, I mean, you've been to the inner cities. You've heard this, or maybe you haven't. I, I, I don't go into the inner cities, but you've heard stories about gangs and lawlessness. Uh, and, yeah, this, the, the, the normal police forces aren't there, but it's not that uh, there's nobody out there with force. And when that comes to the United States, and I think it will, you know, again, I'm not a, I'm not a, this is, these are just my thoughts. This is the kind of change that I'm talking about. When you don't have running water or electricity or food, there's going to be change. 
And some of these pastors are going to have to shut their traps and get out of the way. And other men are going to have to step in and lead. And I mean men. I don't mean women. I don't mean females. I mean men. And we're going to have to rebuild society organically from the ground up. And that's what I talk about. That's what I, when I talk about what I talk about. I hit the hard truths. I hit the hard things. I don't take as granted the mainstream narrative of what constitutes a, a good society, a stable society, a fair society, a just society, a democratic society. I don't, that's all garbage to me. If you want to know what a, 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 a functional viable society looks like, you have to go to the Holy Scriptures. You have to go to the Holy Scriptures. You can't go to um, the Constitution. So much as I like the Constitution, and I do, you certainly can't go to the UN uh, Declaration of Human Rights. You certainly can't go to either political party to find out what's right. We want a fair and just society. You can't listen to that stuff. That's nonsense. Uh, and, and you have these powers out there, from local powers to international powers, demanding, and it's, it's stunning to me, having grown up in a free country, p politicians and governments demanding, as an absolute necessity, uh, the restrictions on the freedom of speech. And they call it misinformation or uh, hate speech. Well, it's, it's, we have to save lives. So in order to save lives, they have to curtail speech because it's either hate speech or misinformation. And I don't know where the pastors are at this stuff. I don't, I don't know where they are. I don't know where they are. Uh, because the number one target would be the churches if the churches and the pastors said what's in the Holy Scriptures. It, it really would be. And if the churches said what's in the Holy Scriptures, these people that want to suppress your speech would have some opposition, starting with the pastors, but with their parishioners as well. They would say, well, we can't have this. We're not putting up with this nonsense. And they would demand some change. They would force some change. But when the churches are silent, we're going to get a wake-up call. We will get woken up because... <laughs> It's kind of like during the time of Jeremiah. Jeremiah told him, hey guys, look, y'all are going to get conquered by Babylon. It's going to be really bad. I suggest you do this. Like, no, no, no. God would never do that to us. We're God's chosen people. God would never make us suffer. He's going to save us from the hour of trial. We're going to get raptured. Jeremiah said, no, you're not. You're not getting raptured. He's not saving you from the hour of trial. Y'all are going to Babylon. Every last one of you. And so they tried to kill Jeremiah. Well, you're just, you're speaking bad things, you're not speaking in faith, brother, and, you know, you're just, you know, you're just trying to wear down the saints. God will protect you. And, and, and so Jeremiah had to deal with this. And I don't know, maybe it's just more comfortable to show up on a Sunday morning and not have the preacher talk about things that are uncomfortable, because there's a whole lot of stuff in the Bible that's very uncomfortable, and I cover quite a bit of it, by no means not all of it, but I cover quite a bit of it here at bloodandfaith.com. Starting with the Great Flood, the Almighty God killed millions, perhaps billions of people. People can't wrap their head around that. They, they cannot wrap their head around that, that Jesus Christ would kill billions of people. 
well, that was before Jesus was born. And, and again, we've covered all this. We've covered this stuff. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Okay, He was the one that presided over the great flood. But everybody wants a candy cane Jesus. Everybody wants a cotton candy God. He just loves everybody. Passes out free heaven candy and be blessed. Everybody's blessed. So when somebody comes along and says something different, it's like, ah, no, man, we can't, we can't, we can't do that. And I'm not even talking. I mean, nobody likes to go up there and hear the pastor talk about their personal sins from the pulpit. <laughs> I got that. That ain't no fun for anybody. I'm not even talking about that. Here's the problem. We've reduced our king to a personal religion. Our king is not a personal religion. Our king is the creator of the universe. Our king created everything, and he presided over the earth for six days of creation. He presided over Eden. He was there at the fall. He cursed the snake. He cast Adam and Eve out of the garden and put an armed border guard right there. He presided at the great flood. He was there above the waters of the great flood. His heart was grieved. The heart of Jesus Christ was grieved. And everybody was wiped out, save the eight people on the earth. From that, he made all the nations of the earth. People don't want to talk about this stuff. Is it because they can't believe it? I guess that's part of it. Is it because the pastors and the preachers don't believe it? I think that's part of it. Is it because of the culture of the evangelical church over the last 150 years? I think that's part of it. Is it the fear and trembling that, that people have when they talk about things that the Bible talks about since World War II? I think that's part of it. Nobody wants to talk about uh, 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 the Jews and anything but the most glowing and groveling and worshipful approach. They won't do it. They won't do it. Oh, they're God's chosen people. <sighs> and they're not. They fit the exact definition of the Antichrist. Oh, you can't say that. It's in the Holy Scriptures. It's in the Bible. Why can't I say it? And, and, and if 1 John 22 offends you, 1 John 2.22 offends you, man, go to John 8.44, Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9. Oh, that's not really appropriate for today. <laughs> And so the church is more concerned about offending a people or a group of people that fit the definition of Antichrist than they are of offending Jesus Christ. Oh, God will forgive us. The Jews won't. <laughs> so you have some men that don't believe and some men that are afraid. And, you know, rightly so. There's a lot of power out there, and they will destroy lives for people that... Uh, they disagree with. Posted some things up my Gab account here, I think yesterday, last night. Gab.com slash cybertext, C-Y-B-E-R-T-E-X-T. -E -E um, the Defamation League that calls themselves the Anti-Defamation League. But they really are a defamation league because they go around and they defame people. They call people Nazis and racists and sexist and anti-Semitic. Their purpose in life and their... TTPs are to defame people and then to lobby both the powerful people and the rabble to take them down, which is the tactic right out of the book of Acts, right out of the Gospels. 
you lobby the powerful, and you stir up the rabble. All right, the Pharisees did this in the Gospels. Pharisees, Sadducees, chief priests did this in the book of Acts. It's nothing has changed in 2000 years. It's the same actors, the same enemy, the same people, the same tactics, techniques, and, and procedures. It, the difference is the church somehow is AWOL. This church is AWOL in this, this struggle. So they think everything's fine. And I've heard it from I've heard it from the pulpit. Thank God we live in a free country. I'm like, dude, man. The only reason you think you live in a free country is you're not willing to say anything that offends the Antichrist. Antichrist rules today in 2023. Antichrist is already here. Been here for 2,000 years. Right now the power of the Antichrist is extraordinarily strong. And y'all are looking for some dude, and, and I, I think you're making a mistake. I, I just put it that way. I think you're making a mistake. The Antichrist is already here. The spirit of the Antichrist is already here. The name 666, you're looking for some dude? Bible says that's the name of the beast, not the dude. Well, what's the number of a man? Hey, you read most of the scriptures, and there's not in that article A there. It says it's the number of man. It's the number of man. It's the number of the beast, and it's a human number. Many of the translate it's a human number, 666, but it's the number of the beast. What's a beast? According to the Bible, a beast is an empire. It's a world system. So, well, what's 666? Well, if 6 is the number of man, and I'm no expert at biblical numerology, man was created on the sixth day. If two sixes is a man and a woman, what's three sixes but corporate man? Our democracy. And what does the beast do? It, it, it spouts blasphemies. And you're looking for some, you know, pig with, you know, a cow's horns on it and elk feet. And it's a world empire. And the blasphemies it speaks, blasphemies is slander against God and the Holy Spirit and, and, and Jesus Christ and the Bible. Blasphemy is saying there is no, blasphemy is, is promoting evolution. That's what blasphemy is. Okay, the promotion of the, the grand theory of evolution is blasphemy. That's blasphemy. The denial that Jesus Christ is literally the Son of God, that's blasphemy. The suppression of the Holy Scriptures in government schools, that's blasphemy. The inversion of good and evil in the society around us, that's blasphemy. Going out there saying that uh, white people are evil and that uh, heteronormative sexual behavior is evil. That's called blasphemy. So the beast is already blaspheming. Arrogance and blasphemy. Go read it in the Revolution, this, this beast. And this is the number of the beast. It's a human number. So the number of the beast. And, and you know, try it on for size. I'm not saying I'm some scholar at this. But I will flat out tell you the Antichrist is here and ruling. And the church pretends it's, 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 it's not... <laughs> Pretends things are somehow maybe just a little off, but not too bad. So what I think is going to happen, back to T.L. Davis, you know, his thesis is, look, things are so bad, it's, it's, if you can't see this, then there's something wrong with you. I can see it. I've talked about it a lot. I've written about it. Um, 
but you know, what do we want to do about it? It, it? There's this, you know, a meme been going around for years now. You, you can't vote yourself out of this stuff. And, and this is true. I've talked about this. I, I've talked about this a lot. It, we didn't, we didn't even, you know, we didn't even vote our way into this. Nobody voted for homosexual marriage. Nobody voted for the hatred of white, the hatred towards white people to be taught at government schools. They, they, they guess it up with some word called CRT, critical race theory. It comes from critical theory, comes from the, uh, the new school of social work from Frankfurt, Germany, out of the 1920s and 1930s. They were all, almost all exclusively Jewish, quote-unquote, scholars. And they said, listen, we're going to infiltrate all of society. And we're going to get up, and, and, and we're, going to, we're going to get the university professors to teach this stuff, and then it filters down. Once you capture the universities, they they teach the school teachers the next generation. Next thing you know, it's all over the place. You can call it Marxism, call it whatever you want, but it's evil, it's blasphemy, and it's arrogant words. And who is promoting this? Well, it's the seed of the serpent is promoting us. This. this is simple stuff. It's the brood of vipers that are pro promoting it. It's the synagogue of Satan that are, is promoting it. It's, it's the, 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 the 1 Thessalonians 2.15. It says the Jews, they're the ones that killed Jesus Christ, man. They killed the prophets. They've dro driven, a driven us out, says Paul. And they're contrary to all men. They're hostile to all men. That, that's Bible. That's biblical. But we're not supposed to notice them. It's kind of like, you know, Eve wasn't supposed to notice that Satan was talking to her. She says, oh, it was a nice dragon, though. It was a really nice dragon, or serpent, or snake, whatever you want to call him. No, I mean, that was Satan. Showing up looking like a something else that Eve thought she could hang out with. The church has this twisted view of a body of people and, and a body of ideas that is fundamentally and thoroughly antichrist. And somehow they exalt that body, that religion, that people. And it's just phenomenal. And, and part of it is, is Satan's at work. He's the deceiver of nations, and he certainly can deceive the church. But, you know, we have the antidote to deception. It's called the Holy Scriptures, if, if we're willing to open it up and read it. And somebody opens it up and reads it, like Fritz Bergen, and people are like, oh, my God, you can't say that. I can say it. Not only can I say it, I must say it, especially now. Well, can't you just talk about something else? <sighs> yeah, and, and look at our country. It's gone to hell. Our country's literally gone to hell because the church and the pastors and the preachers and the Christians, individual Christians, don't want to be racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic, intolerant, device for anti-Semitic. They, 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 they won't. They will follow Satan's rules before they follow God's rules. Well, I just don't want to offend anybody. Jesus didn't care about offending people. His disciples came to him and said, you're offending the Pharisees. He said, I don't care. I don't care. They're blind guys. They're going to fall into a pit. Anybody who follows them, they're going to fall into a pit. So my hope is on the church, because I think at the end of the day, that's what it's going to take. Pastors are going to have to stand up and, and say things from the pulpit that they would never dream of having said before. And they're going to come under some wrath. I got 75 congressmen that wrote a letter to my employer demanding that I be fired. I get it. 
I got the anti-defamation leader writes a letter to my employee, employer demanding that I be fired. I get it. I was kicked out of my own union. I get it. I got another union writing a letter to my employer saying, we don't want Fritz in any government buildings. So, yeah, you're going to have to face some stuff. You're going to have to deal with some stuff. Man of God. Well, you're just over the top. You can't be... And then you name your, you know, one of Satan's sins, racist, sexist, homophobic. And you would rather deny the words of Jesus Christ that came out of his own mouth than to have a member of the synagogue of Satan calling you these dirty names. Well, they'll write articles about us in the newspapers, in the, the magazines and on websites. And, uh, uh, our, our income will go down. Yes, yes. Yes, you're right. That's right. That will happen. There's this guy named Jesus Christ. He lived 2,000 years ago, died, and he rose again. And he said, look, you want to follow me, man? You really want to follow me? You're going to have to pick up that cross. We ain't getting out of this thing until we pick up those crosses. And it ain't going to be easy. It ain't going to be fun. But our days are numbered. Our days are numbered, man. I, I just... Our days are all numbered. All our days are numbered. Our days could be gone tomorrow or next week, next month, next year, next decade. Our, our days are numbered. You only got so, so many days to do the right thing and be brave and say the right things. You don't have forever. And I have wasted many days and many years of my life. So I'm not saying, you know, I just, I'm the new guy that showed up and I'm better than everybody. No, no, uh-uh. I'm with you. I'm just as bad as everybody else. But at a certain point, you got to sit back. Say, what's my life all about? Trying to build my own kingdom or I'm trying to build the kingdom of my father. I want to stay on the right side of the people that hate Jesus Christ. I don't. No interest in that. So if I if you want a prediction for me, here's my prediction. Things are gonna get a lot worse. They're gonna get a lot worse. All the trends are there. Economic problems, food problems. This forced injection that kills people. World War Three, World War Four, whatever you want to call it. And the church is going to be forced to react and change. When the southern tribe, the tribe of Judah, was forced into submission to the king of Babylon, forced into captivity, they had to change. And they did. They changed in a bad way, but they changed in a bad way. They went to Babylon and they developed their traditions of man. They developed Talmudic Judaism. Man, I hope, church, you don't do that. A lot of Christians have, a lot of pastors have. Oh, we don't want to be racist, sexist, homophobic, queerphobic, intolerant, divisive, or anti-Semitic like Fritz. No, we're not like them. We're good Judeo-Christians. And boom, there you go. There's your religion. It's a religion based on the traditions of man. 
wants to keep Jesus Christ around as a little pet. Look, here's Jesus. Isn't he cute? Tickle him under the chin and throw him back in the closet. Don't say anything, Jesus. We don't want to offend anybody. That's really what the church has invented. But I have, I have a deep and abiding faith that the church is going to wake up. And they're going to be mad. Church is going to be mad. Church is going to be angry. And they're going to say, we're done. We're, we're done playing. We're done with these man-made traditions. We're tr- done trying to please people because it, d- it didn't work, did it? didn't work. Trying to make everybody happy didn't work. Trying to make the Antichrist happy didn't work. Trying to get along and go along didn't work. Look, I'm just as bad as everybody else. I had the same theory in life. Look, I get it. We all got to get along. We got to get along. So guess who keeps their mouth shut? It's the Christians. Starting with me. Starting with me. Who opens up their mouth? The synagogue of Satan does. And they're out there promoting LGBTQ. I mean, if there's one thing in society that just pushes me over the edge is when we teach that stuff to our grade schoolers. Heads need to roll. Heads need to roll. And we're in such a place where the Almighty's like, dude, are you you really deaf, dumb, and blind down there, church? Oh, I know, we've got a few people that are loud. We need about 5,000 times as many to be loud. What I say, the things I say at bloodandfaith.com should be mainstream in every church in America. It should be mainstream. You should hear this from every pulpit, the things that I'm saying. You really should. Because they're what Jesus Christ said, and they're right out of the Holy Scriptures. And if Satan doesn't want you to say something, it's probably what you ought to be saying. Satan doesn't care if you talk about God's blessing. Satan doesn't care if you talk about heaven. Satan doesn't care if you talk about the rapture. Satan doesn't care if he talks about you know uh, uh, living your best life or following you know following your personal calling for greatness and prosperity. He doesn't care about that stuff. Evidence, churches are huge, man, gigantic. Talk about, you know, 16 ways to get a better prayer life. You don't care. That ought to be a clue. That ought to be a big, fat clue. That ought to be a big, fat clue right there. And to build Christian nations... Oh, we, we don't want to build Christian nations. Well, there you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. It's a controversial idea, isn't it? And all the things that really get Satan worked up, the church will stay away from. So I think the pressure is going to keep coming. We're all going to suffer under it. Ain't nobody flying away, buddy. Nobody's flying away. You're not getting raptured out of here. Sorry, no. You need to prepare your soul, your mind, and your body for war. In this country, if you're a pastor, let me tell you something. I'm just telling you something. We've we got a window, and it ain't very long, and you need to change now. You don't want to be the guy running after the bus after it's left the station. All right, I've rambled on. It's Friday night. Talk to you guys soon. Fritzberg and bloodandfaith.com.